We are on Chagiga Chavav Amabez 26b2 in the article in Gemara. We just mentioned how the Shulchan has the status of an eight. It really is, consists of a wood, and therefore the Gemara had a whole discussion of if you have something, a wooden utensil where it's meant to be stationary, so then that does not. It's not something which is susceptible to impurity. And so the Gemara explains that with regards to the Shulchan, with regards to the table which carried the Lechem upon him, uh, the bread if, in, that was uh, placed in the in the base of Mikdash in the temple, so they would pick it up sometimes. Three times a year they would pick it up to show the Ola Laregel, those that were uh, came to the base of Mikdash three times a year for Aliyah Laregel, to show them about the miracle that the bread stayed fresh, even though it was out for seven days. But in the end of the day, you know, what the Gemara is now going to focus on is that the assumption of the Gemara was that the Shulchan was made out of, was the, defined as a wooden utensil. And so the truth is that when it comes to the Shulchan, uh, the table in the base of Mikdash, which held the Lechem Apanim, the, uh, the bread, uh, the table was really, it was made out of wood, but it was plated uh, with gold, with a metal. And so if it's plated with gold, so then the question becomes, do we define this utensil as a wooden utensil? And if it's a wooden utensil, so then if it's stationary, um, it would be, uh, it wouldn't be susceptible to impurity. But if it's defined as a metal utensil, so then even if it's stationary, it could still become Impure, and the assumption until now was that it is a wooden utensil; that it's not a defined as a metal utensil. So the the Gemara is now going to ask, well, do we view the shulchan as a wooden utensil or as a metal utensil? Which is part of a, a broader conversation when you have utensils that are made up of different materials, and they, there's halachic significance as to with regards to what. What is the status of this utensil, depending on what material it's made out of? So then what would happen in such a scenario where it is plated, such as this example, where we have a wooden, it's made out of wood, it's a wooden utensil, the shulchan, the table, it's a wooden clea vessel, but it is plated with gold. And depending on whether it's wood or gold would impact whether it could become impure or not when it is meant to be stationary. If it's a wooden utensil meant to be stationary, then it cannot become impure. If it's a metal utensil and is meant to be stationary, so then it could still become impure. So the question is, what our assumption until now was that it's a wooden utensil. Why are we assuming that? Maybe we should assume that it is defined, halakhically defined, as a metal utensil because it's plated with gold and uh, and then it would be susceptible to impurity even if it is stationary, even if it's meant to stay in place. So that is the discussion of the Gemara coming up. Do we view this as a wooden utensil or as a metal utensil uh, because it is plated with gold, or do we not care about the fact that it is plated with gold? So let's see the Gemara here. Typically, Mishim Tzipoy, why are we assuming until now that the Shulchan, the table which uh, carried the Lechem Hapanim, the bread, the showbread, that it was a wooden utensil, maybe we should go we should assume that it is a metal utensil because it was plated. And I can have a proof to you. That's not. It says in a Mishnah elsewhere that 
when it is plated, so then we define the utensil based on how it, based on the material that's used, the, the plated material. Because the Mishnah says as follows. There's another Mishnah elsewhere which says as follows. So let's say you have a wooden table or a wooden folding chair. And there are two options as to what happened to, to this table or chair. The first case really is not our discussion, but it's mentioned just because it's part of the Mishnah. But let's say it becomes reduced. It's been used for a very long time, so it gets it gets keeps on getting uh, chopped. It gets uh, pieces fall off of it to the point where there's almost nothing left to place anything on the table. That's the uh, first case, which is really not our discussion. Or the other case is where it's covered with marble. If it's covered with marble, so then it would have a completely different status. So right now, the other option is that it's covered with marble. And the question is, how much is it covering the table, or how much is it covering this wooden chair? So the first opinion says that as long, in both cases, as long as there's enough room to place cups, to place cups, it still can become impure. If it's a wooden table, so then it can become impure. If it's a marble table, if, it's, if we define it, the, the status of this table is marble, so then it cannot become impure. But even if you recover with marble, but just leave enough space in order to place cups, so then we still define it as a wooden table because it has not yet been completely covered with marble, you could still use part of the table for cups, for part of the wooden part of the table uh, for cups, so therefore it has the halachic status as a wooden table in that area. But the implication is that if you were to cover it entirely with marble, so then uh, it would have the status as a marble table. A marble table cannot become impure. And, and the same thing is true with regards to the first case, which is really not our discussion, that if it becomes, if it keeps on getting, um, because over time, over use, that it keeps on getting uh, pieces uh, fall off to the point where the table is no longer usable. Well, if it's usable still for cups, so then it still has the status of a table. If you can't even use it for cups, uh, so then it doesn't even have the status of a table. And if it doesn't have the status of a table, it's not defined as a utensil. If it's not a utensil, it's just a, a slab. It's just a board with no usage, and that cannot become impure. Only utensils can become impure. Only utensils, people, food, that become impure. Just things that have no usage cannot become impure. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda disagrees with the first opinion. The first opinion says that you have to have enough room for cups. Rabbi Huda says, no, you need You need more than that. You need room for placing pieces of meat or bread. You need more room just to have room for cups would not suffice, but you need to have more room in order to define this still as a usable table or as a usable chair, or uh, with regards to our case, when it's covered with marble, you need to have uh, more wooden, uh, the, the, the wooden part still has to be revealed, more so than just to place a cup, but it has to be, have the ability to place um, pieces of meat or bread. But in the end of the day, the point to bring this mission is, that our, this Mishnah was discussing what happens if you leave parts of the table without it being plated with uh, marble. But if it were to be plated completely with marble, everyone is in agreement that it would have the status of a marble, of the material that it is plated with. So the same thing should be true with regards to the Shulchan. The Shulchan in the base of Megdash was made out of wood, but it was plated with gold, so it should have the status of metal. It should not be viewed as a wooden utensil, as a wooden, wooden uh, cleave, but it should be defined as a metal so moving on to 26b3, so the Gemara then says, oh, maybe there's a difference. 
what was the table, the shulchan made out of? It was made out of very, uh, very precious wood, shittim wood. And so maybe it's different because it depends on the material of the wood. It depends on the type of the wood. Maybe if that wood was of, of greater quality, so then even though it's plated in general, if it's plated, it has the status of the plated material. But if the inside, like in the case of the shulchan, where the wood is a, is a more valuable wood, so then it would have the status of the inside of the wood, of the wooden material, and not of the plated material. That's the suggestion. Maybe, in general, it would have the status of the plated material, but when it comes to fancier, more valuable wood, uh, it would have the status of the inside and not of the plated. That's the question. So the Gemara says, well, that really depends. That is subject to dispute. Reish Lakish is of the opinion that this is in fact true. That uh, we only say that it has the status of the plated material if the inside, the inside material is not very valuable. But if it's very valuable, like these clay mismin, mismin wood, uh, so then if it is very valuable, so then it would not uh, take on the status of the plated material. So it makes sense. This makes sense according to Rish Lakish. But others disagree. El Rabbi Yochanan, Nami Batli, Rabbi Yochanan argues and says that no, regardless of, of how valuable the inner material is, of the wooden material, whether it's very valuable or whether it's less valuable, it doesn't make a difference. According to Rabbi Yochanan, it always takes on the status of the plated material. So the Gemara says, ah, the chitema, maybe you can say as follows, maybe you can make the following distinction, that when does it take on the status of the plated material? That's when it's anchored, that's when it's nailed in. But in the base of Mikdash, it wasn't nailed in. It wasn't, uh, the, the golden material was not nailed in to the wooden material. And so therefore, it really depends on whether it's nailed in, whether how permanent it is, as a covering, as being plated. So that's the question. Does it have to be really anchored in? Does it have to be nailed in for it to have the status of it being of the plated material? And in the base of Mikdash, it wasn't as permanent as, it wasn't as anchored in. But that's not so clear either. Yes, this very question. Does it make a difference when it takes on the status of the plated material? Does it make a difference whether or not it is anchored, whether it's nailed in or not? That was one question that he asked Rabbi Yochanan. A second question that he asked Rabbi Yochanan is, Does it make a difference whether the plating covers the entire table, including the rim? Does it have to cover the rim of the table? Does it not have to cover the rim of the table? These were two questions that were asked from Rishulakish to Rabbi Yochanan, and he responded. Rabbi Yochanan said, It does not make a difference. Even if it's not anchored, even if it's not nailed in, it would still take on the status of the plated material. And even if it doesn't cover the rims, the table's rims, it still takes on the status of the plated material. So it seems to be that it always takes on, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it would always take on the status of the plated material. According to Rabbi Yochanan, even if uh, the inner material is not valuable, is not valuable, and even if the, it's not, the plated material is not anchored, in, it's not nailed in, and even if it's not covering the entire area, even if it's not covering the rim, in all those cases, it doesn't make a difference, it would take on the status of the plated material. As the Gemara says, let's just read it inside. doesn't make a difference for all these. 
it should stay on the status of the plated material. And if that's the case, so then by the shulchan, we're left with our question, by the shulchan, which is a wooden material, but it's plated with gold, why doesn't it take on the status? Why don't we define this as a metal utensil? The entire assumption of the Gemara until now was that it is a wooden utensil. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, it should always take on the status as a plated material. Again, this is, you can think of this as a broader question of when you have utensils which are made up of different material, and specifically in this case where it's made up of one material and it's plated with another material, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it would always take on the status of the plated material, the halachic status of the plated material. Yeah, but according to uh, Reish Lakish, we pointed out earlier, He's of the opinion that it only takes on the status of the plated material if it is if the inner material is not uh, very valuable. But if it's very valuable, Rish Lakish says that no, it wouldn't take on the status of the plated material, it would take on the status of the wooden material, which is very valuable, if it is very valuable. But anyway, we're back to our question for Rabbi Yochanan. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who is of the opinion that it doesn't make a difference, it always takes on the status of the plated material, why is the Shulchan defined as... A wooden material. It's a very strong question. So the Gemara answers, Elishani Shulchan, the table is different. The table in the base of Migdash was different. Moving on to Chavzayin Amr Aleph 27a1. Why is it different? Mana Karya 8. Because in the verse, it says explicitly that the table is, is a wooden material. It says so explicitly to tell us that this is an exception to the rule. Yes, it's true. In general, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it would take on the status of the plated material. However, the verse tells us explicitly that when it comes to the shulchan, when it comes to the table which held the showbread, uh, the lechem apanim, that it takes on the status of the wooden, uh, it's defined as a wooden utensil. What does the verse say? It says in Yechaskel, Hamizbeach eitz shalosh amos gavoa, va'arko shtayim amos, umik osav lo va'arko it says in the verse, it first calls it an altar, a mizbeach, which we'll get to in a second, but in the end it says, This is the table that is before Hashem, referring to the shulchan and the base of Mikdash, this is the table that is before Hashem, and it calls it an altar that was of wood. It defines it made of wood. And this is the table that is before Hashem. So the verse says explicitly that it has the status of wood. It is a wooden utensil and therefore it is an exception to the rule. According to this explanation, it is an exception uh, to the rule. So again, according to Reish Lakish, according to one opinion, the reason why it has the status of a wooden utensil is because the wood is very valuable. And if it's very valuable, the inner material, so then it does not take on the status of the plated material. According to the other opinion, that it always takes on the status of the plated material, then we have the verse here to tell us that the shulchan, the table in the base of English, was an exception to the rule, and we uh, and therefore it takes on the status of a wooden material because it says so explicitly in the verse. The Gemara then has one concluding line uh, before it goes on to a new topic. In this verse that it quotes, it first calls it a mizbeach, an altar, and then it calls it a table. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the altar? Or are we talking about the table? So they... Explain, Rabbi Yochum Rish Lakish, Damri Tarvai, Rabbi Yochum Rish Lakish, they both say, Bizban Shebeis Amegdash Kaim, Bizbeach Mechaper El Adam, Achshav Shulchan Shal Adam Mechaper El During the times of the temple, the Mizbeach, the altar, would atone for a person because you brought the korbanas, you brought the sacrifices on the altar, the altar would atone for a person. Nowadays, a very uh, fundamental concept, nowadays, what atones for a person's sins? His table. 
His table atones for his sins. What does it mean that his table atones for his sins? So Rashi explains that it's the Hachnasas Orchem. It's the fact that we invite guests to our home, which unfortunately during this time we're not able to fulfill uh, by having them actually in our homes. Uh, but by having them in our homes around our table, around our table, which is a table of chesed, a table of words of Torah, through that we get uh, kapara, because the shulchan is domal mizbeach. This is the source that the shulchan, our tables, are parallel to an altar. And this has uh, halachic significance as well. The idea of having salt on the table, the reason why we have salt on the table is because of this idea, because they, there was salt always on the altar, because salt represents the bris melach, the covenant of salt. Salt is there to preserve, that we have a covenant with God which lasts forever. And so therefore, we would have salt on the table, because the table now replaces the altar. Now that we no longer have a temple, in the base of Migdash, the table replaces it, and it, it, it atones uh, for our sins. And so therefore, we put salt on the table whenever we eat. Additionally, a second law which comes out of this is that we're not allowed to have a knife on the table uh, during benching. We shouldn't have a knife on the table when we say Birkat HaMazon. And the reason for that, there's different reasons, but one of the reasons for that is because just like by the base of Mikdash, the base of Mikdash is there to extend life. It's there to create a greater connection between us and God. And so therefore, the purpose of bringing the sacrifices is for atonement. It uh, it's to extend life. And the same thing is true with the shulchan, with our table at home. And and therefore, it is not proper to have the knife. The knife represents uh, something which cuts, which which kills, which gets rid of life. It's not proper to have the knife there at the time that we are saying Birkat HaMazon, at the time that we are benching. And finally, one last point is that some quote the minog, very interesting custom, that uh, when a person is buried, what would they take with them? They would... You can't take anything with you when you're buried, but the coffin, the aron, would be, they would take your table that you had at home and they would cut it into and reform it into the coffin in which a person was buried in. They would be buried in their dining, in their dining room table to show that idea that what do you take with you to the next world? You take with you what you do at your table. If your table is a table of chesed, of hachnasas orchem, of inviting guests, of words of Torah around the table. That's what around the table while you're eating. That is what you take with you uh, to the next uh, to the next world. And therefore, there was the custom of being buried in the coffin. The coffin would be made out of your dining room table. Okay, we'll continue with the last few lines in the next recording. The next recording will be the last recording for Mesefes Chagiga for the Tractate of Chagiga.